Welcome to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. I'm Sarah. And I'm Gabby. And we are two first-year physical therapy students sharing our grad school experiences to help PT students around the world. Embark on this journey with us as we navigate through the insanity of physical therapy school together. Looking for a gift for a friend, classmate, professor, co-host of a podcast, or really anyone? Physiomemes got your back with apparel, drinkware, and home decor. And if you go to physiomemes.com, you can get a 20% off coupon with the code gratitude, spelled G-R-A-D-I-T-U-D-E-2020. And don't forget to check out his social media for a good study break laugh. As always, make life humorous. Welcome to another episode of Gratitude, everyone. And for today's episode, you guys get a really special treat because we have Kristen on the podcast today, and we are so excited for you to be on. And thank you so much for, for coming on. Thanks so much, girls. I'm excited to be here. Of course. So we want to know, and if you can tell the listeners more about how you got into physical therapy and your journey and kind of where you are today? Yeah, so kind of a loaded question. So the original reason why I wanted to go to PT school is because one of my good girlfriends in high school, she actually, it was her junior year of high school, I was a freshman at the time, she got into a really bad car accident and she is a C4 quad. And so, so I'm originally from Ohio. So about six months out of the year, she would fly down here to Orlando, which is about an hour from me now. I live in, in St. Petersburg, Florida. Now she would come down here about six months out of the year, come down to therapy. I was able to come down with her, just kind of see what all they were doing with her and watch her gain some of her mobility back and whatnot. So that was my first kind of experience of what physical therapy was. I saw it on a personal level, helping out my friends. I also had several injuries in high school as well, playing softball. I had a knee injury and a shoulder injury, had physical therapy myself. But the, the biggest reason that I chose to pursue physical therapy was because of my friend who had a spinal cord injury. Let's see, second part of that question was, where am I today? Yes. Cool. So I got my DPT from the University of South Florida in Tampa. I graduated in August 2018. However, I am only working PRN now because I also have a marketing and advertising business. So I work with other physical therapists, now chiropractors, about to be a mental health counselor. I'll get new patients through things like Google advertising, Facebook, Instagram ads, email marketing, just helping them get more clients for their business without strictly having to rely on physician, physician referrals. So that's where I am now. I work from home probably four or five days out of the week. And then I go see a couple evals on Wednesdays and that's my life now. I would have never imagined that I would uh, have a marketing business and not be treating patients full time. But ultimately I'm able to help other physical therapists, whether they're cash-based or have their own clinics or whatever, help them get more patients because right now that is a huge, huge problem uh, for clinics. And I, wit I actually still witness it in the clinic that I'm at. They're, give, they're having a hell of a time getting patients to the door. Patient acquisition sucks. So it's really fun to be able to help other physical therapists pursue their dreams, treat their dream clients by getting patients through social media and paid ads. 
I think what you're doing now is incredible, whether you thought you'd be doing it or not is a whole different story. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) But thank you. I appreciate that. And what did you think you'd be doing? Like when you started PT school, what did you think you'd be doing? Yeah. So I, like I said, kind of my, my motive for going to PT school was because I saw my, my good friend who had a spinal cord injury the whole whole time throughout PT school. I'm like, I want to work with the neurologic population specifically in a spinal cord injury unit. I even got my last clinical rotation was at the VA in a spinal cord injury unit. So a lot of SEI, a lot of ALS. And once I got there, I'm like, oh shit, like this is not what I thought it was going to be. And that was my CE3, my last clinical that we had. (laughs) So it was kind of like a, like an oh shit moment. I hope I can cuss on your podcast. I hope that's okay. Okay. (laughs) Kind of an oh shit moment. Like, oh my God, this is, this is literally what I have, what has, I thought was my dream for the past six years now throughout undergrad, throughout grad school. Now that I'm here and I'm actually practicing in it. It was just so draining physically, mentally, emotionally. It was really rough. And I realized that that's not what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And so when did you start what you're doing now? Yeah. So I took an internship in, oh, when was it? March of 2018, which is right after the beginning of that clinical at the VA working with spinal cord injury patient took a, it was a, I believe it was a 12 week internship with Alex and Will, who you guys are very familiar with. Uh, I'm sure some other people on your podcast too have heard all about Alex and Will, but so yeah, I took an internship with them. They kind of took me under their wing, taught me some odds and ends things about email marketing, how to build a landing page, how to work on a website, how to set up ads, just some different odds and ends things. They allowed me to of work with them on things in their business and then eventually from there i bought one of their courses their ads for pts course i went through all of that just really just soaked up as much information as i could asked a boatload of questions and then after that they kind of brought me on board for their course to help working in their course for like tech issues setting up ads little odds and ends things and then eventually over time being within that course i developed a lot of trust with people who bought that course and, and wanted help with things. So that's actually initially how I started getting my first clients back in my first client I brought on in May of 2018. And then it just blew up from there. That is so amazing. And you started their course. So you graduated last year. So you were taking their course as a third year student on your clinical. Yep. And what made you decide that I need to invest in this and invest in myself and how you got into like marketing and interested in it? Yeah. So I initially wanted to learn about marketing because I was in the SSPT world at this point. I had already taken SSPT through Greg and I knew that I, in order to be, in order to stand out to an employer, I had to have a different skill set than everybody else. So that's when I'm like, okay, well, Alex and Will have this internship. Let me apply for it. I know it's going to be super helpful for by the time I start applying for jobs. At this point, this was probably my second year of PT school, probably spring semester of my second year of PT school is when I'm like, I I want to learn about marketing. Let me, let me learn a little bit about this. And then once I got more clinic experience with my clinicals, I just saw how burnt out and 
just not happy my CIs were. The first CI, he was kind of a dick. He like, <laughs> for lack of a better term, he just kind of hated his life. And that was in an orthopedic setting, which was going to be my fallback from neuro if, if I didn't end up liking my neuro rotation. I saw how miserable I was kind of in an orthopedic setting. I'm like, okay, shoot. Well, maybe I don't see myself really doing this. <laughs> so he was kind of a jerk. I didn't really like the setting there. And then in my acute care experience, a lot of therapists there, uh, it was pretty catty. Like it, there was a pretty even split between male and female, but everybody just like, it was very clicky. People didn't get along. Like, I'm like, oh my God, like, is this, is this what it's like in this setting? Like, this doesn't seem fun either. <laughs> like, and just nobody, nobody loved their job either whenever I was on my acute care rotation. So then uh, CE3 started and then Alex and Will put out their internship. I'm like, okay, maybe I can do something more with marketing rather than just to be more reputable to an employer. Like maybe I could do that part-time. Maybe I could just treat part-time because I see how therapists are now in, in this field and they're not happy. And I want to do anything in my power to avoid that. And you decided to take the course and yep. were you working before then? Like at a retail, before you started their course, like were you working part-time during PT school? No, I actually had to sign a contract that I wouldn't work in PT school. Oh, like yeah. not even like a minimum hours, just not at all. Not at all. No. So our first year of PT school, we were actually taking med school classes as well with some of the med students. I think my first year of PT school, each semester, we were taking about 27 credits, 26 or 27, which was a lot. And then because that first year, since we were very heavily loaded with med school classes, our second year, we got just hit really hard with all of the PT side of things. Like I, I'm not lying when I say that I literally did not have time to do anything besides, I mean, you guys know how it is. Go to school, come home, eat dinner, study until 11, 1130, wake up, do it again. Like I had no time for myself other than going to school, fitting in the gym, maybe two, three times a week. Um, none of us had time to work. So was that an accelerated program? No, it was a, it's a three year. It's a three year. Mm -hmm. We did have a summer off oh, in between okay. our first and second year, which I don't think any, I don't know, but really any other program that gives an entire summer off, off the top of my head, but it was rough. But yeah, they make, they made us sign before we even started that throughout your three years, you're, you're not going to work. Luckily, my last clinical rotation at the VA was a paid internship, but that's the only one in the state of Florida that will pay you. Oh my goodness. Okay. Right? So you were at your paid internship <laughs> and then, so you decided to start doing what you're doing now and reaching out and helping people with like email marketing, that kind of stuff. I guess the question is, what would you say to the students who feel like they have no options and who are working retail jobs part-time or serving on the weekends? Like what advice would you give to them? Yeah, I would say, I mean, definitely by, by all means, please feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions at all. Looking back now, if I could do it all over again, I would actually start off as a student by offering to manage other people's social media accounts. I think that's much easier to do than asking somebody to give up their paid advertising. So what I mean by that would be, say for instance, like their Instagram account. 
So going in and offering, so whoever, say, say it's a mobile therapist and they have a specific niche of say runners or whatever it is that they love to treat runners. I would go to all of the local running pages, comment, like, engage on all of those posts in the, in the area, whether it's running groups or I don't know, you name it, whoever their avatar is, any, any account within their local area, I would be reaching out to them, like just sending messages, commenting, liking, doing things like that just to help build their following. And because I still know a lot of people who are getting patients organically just by their posts. So posting, liking, commenting, things like that. I think that's a much easier place to start than being like, hey, I can run your ads for you. Plus, I think it's a great way to build up trust too. If you're already doing something like that, then it's a much easier conversation to approach that person. Hey, I, I know how to do this as well. I can run ads to help get more patients in your clinic or your mobile practice or whatever it may be. Yeah, that's yeah. Oh, I was gonna say, that is really great. And especially students because they're familiar, say a majority are familiar with Instagram yeah. and Facebook, although they may not know the ins and outs of marketing and may not feel comfortable with reaching out to groups, but that is something if you really want to do, just, you know, just find that. And mm -hmm. for, for students who, <laughs> I was going to say, getting into the, uh, the debt conversation, do you feel like if you would have started this as a pre-PT or even as a student coming into school, knowing that you would have additional income and not trading your time yeah. to like all of that, uh, be able to afford rent and have less loan payments or just be as debt free as possible. Mm -hmm. For sure. For sure. I definitely hands down wish I would have started way earlier, even in just in PT school and was doing more things. It's, I mean, the majority of people in PT school are going to know how to run an Instagram account. Like it's not hard to just go in like a couple pictures a day, post a couple comments, maybe um, depending who it's for, if they say that physical therapist gives you like an image or something to write a caption about, whether you like go to one of their blog posts and just pull information from that to create a post, like that's so easy to do. And I think that's a great way um, not only for you to start learning little skills like that to help you down the road, but it's a great way to make money through school. I mean, I was always that person in the class where like I need to be in a very quiet area in order to study and to learn like the classroom for me, I could not just follow a PowerPoint and a lecture. Like I had to like get away and that's just how I learned best. So that would have been something for me, honestly, just to pull up my computer screen and do all of that and get paid while I was in class. But yeah, I mean, you can make 100 bucks a month, 150 a month just by going in and, and liking Instagram pictures, commenting, whatever. I mean, depending who you're working with. But if you have a couple people who you can do that for on a monthly basis just to help grow their, their social media accounts, you can make quite a bit of money from that. Whether put it aside, not take out as much loans, whatever, money to live off of. I think it's a great way, an easy way to make money too. And all the students listening, you're all on Instagram anyway. <laughs> Might as right? well get paid for it. <laughs> I know, seriously. For sure. And if and you guys, anybody listening, if this is something that you are interested in, I know tons and tons and tons of people who are looking for help 
who are busy business owners who right now just don't have time to focus on going in and liking and commenting and doing those posts. So if that's something that somebody might be interested in doing, please don't hesitate to reach out and I can maybe point you in the right direction. Yeah, definitely. And to put into perspective, like for students listening who think, oh, that's just going to be too much time. Like I don't have the time or energy for that. How many hours a week were you actually spending doing this? Oh my gosh. When I had an intern doing this for me, I created like a little task list for them and it was like five minutes a day, maybe five put, days a week. And then put that into like dollar amounts. So five minutes a day, five days a week. And then in a month, like on average, what would you say? Like 150. Super easy, super easy money. Mind blown for a lot of students who just heard that. <laughs> Let's just add that all up. I can't even do the math right now. Five times five, mm. 25 minutes a week times five times four. That's a hundred minutes, less than two hours a month to bring in a hundred bucks or so. Yep. Yeah. Add it up over your three years and yeah, no kidding. Put that to loans, you know, have it to pay for utilities or rent, whatever you need to do. But this is something so simple and you can do it on your own time. And I think that's the biggest thing for students to hear because we think, and all students like think that, Oh, I have to study, like, I don't have any other time to devote to additional things, or I can't learn these skills right now. I'm going to wait until after graduation. No, you can learn this now. And like we said, it could be liking posts and commenting. Yeah. And I, I think that's the biggest thing because a lot of students think they can't pay off their loans earlier and they have to wait until after school. And then factor in interest and everything. Mm -hmm. It's just the way our profession is right now and the way it's going with student debt, it's a huge problem. So just know that you can do this. And Mm -hmm. that's what we've been trying to stress so much to our listeners and our audience. For sure. I love that. And you're a great example of it. So (laughs) you started with the social media and then can you talk a little bit about like email marketing and other things that you have done for business owners? Yep. So the biggest thing actually recently that I have done, which is definitely totally something that you could do in PT school as well. I just wrote a year's worth of emails. And essentially what I did is I took it by body region. So there was a a couple clinics that I have been working with that just wanted an entire year's worth of emails built out so that they didn't have to touch it, just purely educational. So each month was a different topic. And say, for instance, like say December was back pain, I would send four emails in the month. So one email going out a week, just purely educational about back pain. And then at the end of that month, like, so I'm very story. People love stories. People want to know that their back pain is something that that therapist or whoever has, has dealt with before, has, has treated before or whatever. They want to know that they're not alone. So telling stories like that, describing the back pain and whatnot. And then at the end of that month, say, hey, if this describes you or a loved one or somebody that you know, if you're tired of dealing with this back pain, call, we would love to see if we're, if we're able to help you out. And those clinics have gotten many patients who have been patients in the past come back and return as patients or just word of mouth by people who are getting those emails and telling a family member or friend about those. And that's a great free thing that clinics can do or, or practice owners to help get patients in the business. And it's extremely valuable, like you said. 
And I don't know about your school, I'll ask you in a second, but do they, for us at least, nobody talks about this during school, but for you, did you get any kind of education on like marketing? None. None. Actually, some of my professors found out that I was taking SSPT. Uh, it was me and two other students at the time, not in my class, the class above me. They, they pulled us into the office and they told us like, hey, you like you better knock it off. You need to focus on your schooling. Like this isn't in your best interest to be learning about these things. I said, okay, thanks. Bye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just so interesting. So interesting. But now they're amazed now because they see what the three of us are doing. They're like, wow, like we had no idea that you could do this. It's just, it's just interesting. (laughs) It's definitely been interesting, especially when we're putting ourselves like online and, and then professors are thinking, I've never heard of anything like this. Why are you doing this? Because it's taking away from your studying. It's taking away from like school things, Mm -hmm. but it's for, it's for your future. And, oh man, that just makes They're just so, they're just so far out of the real world. Like, when's the last time they've been in a clinic? A lot of them don't know how clinics, or especially like mobile or concierge practices, even work. So, sorry. Sorry, (laughs) not sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm laughing because, side rant here, I'm going to go down this rabbit hole just for a second. We have to do like professional exploration projects. And so I decided I wanted to do mine on mobile slash concierge physical therapy. And I told my professor and he thought I meant home health. And I said, no, not home health. He said, but you mean home health, right? No. I need to write like several pages explaining what mobile PT is as the start of my project, like before it could get approved. Yeah, that was my face. No one in the podcast can see your face right now. <laughs> that was my face too. I was like, oh God. Yeah. I was like, okay, this is going really well. I'm still doing it, but I'm just going to I'm just going to give him Josh's book. There you go. Read this. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Josh Payne. Because, uh, man, that book, like I showed my professors, I did something similar with a project and I put the picture of Josh's book on there yeah. and what I wanted to do in the future. <laughs> and oh, I got a similar oh response. Like, what is this? When I presented it to my advisor, he was like, what do you mean by this? And I told him, I was like, they're so far out of the game. <laughs> it's 2020. <laughs> I know, right? Oh God. And I think the question that comes out of this for you, from us is, how do you kind of deal with that? So when your professor pulls you aside, because many students listening to this want to do something like this, but they're very afraid of that exact thing happening. So how do you handle it from there? If your professor pulls you aside and is like, they think this is not in your best interest. I would politely say thank you. And I appreciate your input. To me, there's no, I just feel like it was beating a dead horse. Like in no way imaginable would they ever try to be open-minded and learn from what I was doing. So I just, I didn't even want to go down that road. I didn't feel like this probably comes across as as mean or whatever, but I just didn't feel like I had to tell them what I was doing. And I just felt like it would create more issues for me in the future because my professors kind of 
I don't want to say bullied. That's not the term I'm trying to use. But the students who would try to go out and learn new things like that, they were always on their case. Like any little thing that they would do in school, and it wouldn't even be a big deal or whatever. Like they would always get reprimanded because those were the students that were going out and trying to learn new things, implement these new things and whatnot. So yeah, I just kind of learned to just kind of smile, put on a happy face and say, Hey, thanks so much. Like, I appreciate that. Like you care about my education and you want nothing but the best for me and just kind of leave it at that because I'm going to, at the end of the day, level up and, and do what I want to do. And, and that's okay. Not everybody's going to, not everybody's going to get it. And that's okay. I think that's the biggest thing that students needed to hear right now. And it's very relatable because you want to do these things and you're ready to take that next step. But then you have in the back of your head, what are my professors going to think? And you just have to, like you said, say thank you and put a smile on Move your on. face and then yep. that's it. And yep. if that means... For, you know, for me, for example, I, just in regards to telling faculty members certain things and knowing, like, my program knows that we have the podcast and, you know, they're fully supportive of it and, but they did pull me aside one day and said, you know, if your grades start to slip, then you're doing so many things outside of school that they would most likely say like, all right, you're going to have to step down from the podcast. Now, I don't know if they would have said this, but in my mind, I was thinking, okay, I need to make sure I'm on top of my game for school because if I didn't, then it would just not be a great situation. So if any students are just apprehensive about, you know, wanting to learn more and learn new skills not taught in, in traditional school, then reach out to Kristen, like reach out to- Seriously. Yeah, because you're not alone in this thinking and there are so there's so many other students who want to know more about this and are afraid. So mm-hmm. it's just honestly, you're never you're probably never except if you go to alumni day, you're probably never gonna see those professors again. You're in control of your future. Don't let some comments by them saying that you shouldn't do it scare you away from doing something if you actually want to do it. So for PT students, not necessarily PT students who are looking to do extra, which of course a lot of them listening to this do want to do extra, but just in general, you've given a lot of great advice, but if you could sum it up, what would be like the biggest piece of advice you would give a current PT student? Yeah, so I would say, and this is, my answer is a little bit different now than what I would have said a couple months ago, so I'm going to tie this in with some of the upcoming healthcare that are happening. So I think it's, it's super important actually to be learning different things while in school to help you make more money in the future, whether you're, regardless if you're an outpatient, whatever, learning things like say, if you like working with runners or if you like working with uh, a specific sport. So for me, for instance, it's softball. Like I would start learning how you could start marketing maybe to that interest population that you have and maybe putting together a a program for them. So for instance, I'll stick with my softball athletes here, like a, some sort of shoulder program, because there's a lot of shoulder injuries, something learning things like that 
to go out and target that specific type of audience that you love working with. That's still therapy related, learning how to market towards those people to not only help them, but it's giving you supplemental income as well. Because I don't know, I for sure didn't get taught much about insurance in school. I'm not sure if you get taught much about it either, but in 2021 with the 8% cuts. I think it's, it's either eight or 12. I forget off the top of my head with the Medicare cuts that are coming. I already know clinics who are starting to let go of therapists or decrease their hours because of the cuts coming. All of the other commercial insurances typically follow in the footsteps of Medicare. So I would just, my biggest piece of advice is to cover your ass, I guess, and not have to rely necessarily on the clinic only to get those hours and to get what it is that you want. So having that supplemental income somewhere else could be really, really awesome. So I would say, and I can definitely talk to people if they're interested in learning about how to create like programs like that for a specific sport or niche or whatever. That obviously, if you guys want to talk to me about learning marketing, advertising, things like that, but start learning as much as you can while in school even just to help you stand out more and be able to make additional supplemental income whenever you get out of school and start practicing because I don't know what's going to happen with with some of the insurance and the cuts and whatnot so I hope that answered the question I hope that helps anybody who's listening I'm so glad you brought up that point because as the students who are going through school right now and who will be in the next few years you really have to be aware of this and know mm -hmm. once you're coming out you're not thrown off and saying oh my gosh now being a new grad like for example we're graduating in 2021 and that's when those cuts mm -hmm. are going to be implemented so really knowing and figuring that out while you're in school and while you're a student like you said being aware of what's going on with insurance and if you know that you don't want to get into that, then that is what we're saying of having that additional income, learning the non-traditional skills and not trading your time for money. Yeah, for sure. I think the biggest key is, so everybody listening really believe that you are the most active player in your career and you can't just rely on the world for your life. You know what I mean? Like if the world goes to shit in 2021, that does not mean that you go to shit. <laughs> And I think that's super important for y'all to remember. Love it. And for the students who are listening and want to reach out to you, which we have a really strong feeling there will be students reaching out to you after this episode, where can they find you on social media? Yeah, best place is going to be Instagram, Kristen Smith, DPT, all lowercase. Feel free, guys, shoot me a message. I would love to answer any and all questions that you have anything, whether we talked about it here. If you have more questions for me, please, please, please do not hesitate to reach out. I would love to help you. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on, Kristen. Thanks, girls. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our Instagram and Facebook page linked in the description.